0: Way, wow, 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 So welcome back to another episode of the awesome, awful podcast today. We're talking about the monster movie mosquitoes with, uh, Darren and Corvaya. Darren, hello. How are you? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you? I'm doing so much better now that I've seen this movie. So tell me, so you were our lucky hundredth follower, which means you got to jump the line and get one of your movies in and you picked mosquito. Why did you pick mosquito?
1: I chose mosquito once I had this excellent opportunity, um, because, Ever since I first saw it as a child, it kind of wiggled its way into my brain, and it's every now and then memories will resurface, and I'll remember the movie exists, but then at the same time, not be totally sure that it exists, you know what I mean? So then once this opportunity came, I was like, you know what, I got to see this movie again, I got to confirm everything I think I remember about it, and somebody else has to experience this, <laughs> it's just that kind of movie.
0: It, it's definitely, yeah, I, and-, and- a lot of the times with these movies that we talk about on the show, I'll say, this isn't really a movie. It's more of a viewing experience because mm-hmm. it does, it does movies and in service if you call them all, <laughs> because sometimes it's just like, well, I don't know what it would happen, but man, that was something. So I want to start by asking you what, what at what point in the film you realized this was bad, or if you knew it was going to be bad at what point in the film, you realized just how bad it was going to be.
1: When you first understand like what the premise is <laughs> and, how the mosquitoes became gigantic that I think for me like starts the badness and then the rest of the movie just kind of rounds it out for people who don't know who might be listening the mosquitoes become gigantic monsters who want to suck human blood um, even more so than usual because they feed on the body of an alien that crash lands on earth in like a swamp Yeah, I think what what did it for me was as the movie continues and the aliens never come up again, that's what like seals the deal for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that because that was the big thing where it's like you see the aliens. It starts with aliens. It starts with the spaceship and it crashes. And they just never explain why this made the mosquitoes gigantic. They also mentioned that they might be radioactive, which has nothing to do with anything. But just so you know, the mosquitoes might also be radioactive. I guess we don't really know for sure, but yeah, so I want to start by talking about the mosquitoes themselves because there's just there's a lot to talk about with the mosquitoes. Now, wh- whenever I whenever we recorded the show for Anaconda, we talked about how neither one of us really had a fear of snakes. I didn't really mm-hmm. think I had a fear of mosquitoes until I saw this movie and I was and they they spare no opportunity for up close shots of mosquitoes. And I just I did not I would not recommend eating during this movie first of all because they <laughs> everything's juicy everything is juicy
1: there are a lot of juices that's true yeah like
0: there's the first giant mosquito we see gets hit by a truck and man that thing it was like a giant peach or something it just blew up everywhere there's so much goo and they they don't shy away from it so whoa, how did you feel about because i mean one of the best things about these older movies is the the special effects, how did you feel about how the mosquitoes look? Cause there are different variants of how they look. There's, you know, the animatronic there's, I don't even know what else you could call the rest, but how did you feel about it?
1: Well, I think that's, that's part of the appeal. of The movie to me is how, depending on how far away the mosquito is that determines like what the mosquito looks like, like up close to like the puppets. Right. And then as they get, if they're like flying after you, and they're just like little CGI, not even CGI. I don't even like just animated little things that look horrible. And that's like always the source of a good laugh. But the, the mosquitoes themselves the up close like puppets, I personally, I love them. I think it's fantastic um, how every single time they're about to like try to try to feed from someone, like the, they have to make sure the juices like spill onto the person first to show how close it is. And I just, I found the whole thing hilarious if we're being perfect for this. Every time somebody hits them, they like explode.
0: And, and the first actual mosquito death we get is the guy in the boat. And man, they really, they made this as gruesome as they could because the mosquito pokes the guy in the eye and they don't shy away from how much blood and goo they had available to them because they show this guy's eye bleeding out everywhere and the mosquitoes dripping. It's just, like I said, it's a very gooey, wet movie full of juices. I don't know why mosquitoes had all these juices on them, but they do, and it's green. And yeah, it it was a lot. There's actually, I I read this funny, I I think it's true. I mean, with these these bits of trivia, you're never sure, but Mm -hmm. the special effects guy, according to this little bit of trivia, halfway through the movie, their special effects guy quit He said, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get some smokes. And he just never came back. So they had to switch special effects guys midway through the movie, which I I don't know if I noticed a particular difference, but you mentioned the CGI mosquitoes that aren't really CGI. I'm not sure what they are. They look like little, I wonder if that's whenever they switch special effects guys, because I hadn't seen them up until that point. Right. Right. let's talk about the characters in this movie, because, you know, you've got the mosquitoes, but the mosquitoes don't matter if you don't care about who they're hunting. And there are some great characters in this movie. So I, the, the premise behind the characters, for those who haven't seen it, there's a few characters here. It's sort of like, a, oh, everyone else is dead. We have to band together. There's a group of bank robbers. There's a, uh, I forget what, what his name I think was Parks. I forget what he did, but he was some kind of yeah. doctor. He, he was like a, a scientist. Yeah. 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 And then there's the main character. I'm not sure what he does, but his girlfriend is supposed to be this new park ranger uh he's the guy that hit them this first mosquito with his truck who who among these characters really stood out for you because i know my answer but i want to see what you have to say
1: honestly let's see what was his name hendrix the the park ranger who was like he wasn't the new park ranger like megan was he was an established park ranger turns out he's played by ron ashton of the band the stooges and you can tell he's not really an actor because i found his acting to be absolutely horrible that's obviously why I gravitated towards him because it was like every single line he delivered was just like that's not how a person would say that you know <laughs> so he stood out to me and then the bank robber Earl I think maybe is the one who stood out for you as well potentially Absolutely. I because do I want, to, like <laughs> yes. I want to Hansen
0: yes I want I want to talk about Hendrix, though because I oh, agree yeah. with what you said every every line he delivered he was like one of those oh man kind of people that he's like a caricature he doesn't he's not like a real person but they really did his character bad at the end like so they're all escaping through a dumbwaiter which it's not a very good plan and this is after they've discovered like thousands of mosquito babies in the basement that hendrix apparently didn't see because it's dark in quotes that's what he said it was too dark to see millions of mosquitoes so hendrix falls into the basement because the dumbwaiter breaks on their way out of the house and and uh Leatherface, who, you know, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Gunner, uh, he goes, oh, I'm going to go save him. And then you just never see Hendrix again. So you just assume that he blew up in the house, which means Leatherface died for no reason. And it's just, that was just one of those things where I'm like, who looked at this plot and said, yep, this ties up the loose ends. Like why, neither one of them needed to die. (laughs) I don't know. It was, it was the entire rest of the film, which doesn't last very long. I was like, but what about Hendrix? Like they went to save him and they just never got to him.
1: Yeah, we never, yeah, we didn't see confirmation that he was dead, right? I don't remember seeing his body or anything like that. But what I thought interestingly about Hendrix and his death at the end was that in the very beginning, the first scene we see him, he's like being a creepy, like peeping Tom. And so immediately I'm like, okay, he's like being creepy watching these girls play volleyball. He They're setting up like he's going to deserve to die, right? And then he doesn't die. Like the whole movie, he becomes one of the main characters. He does some heroic things and then they kill him in this like very unceremonious way, anyway.
0: Yeah, his character arc made zero sense because I'd right. actually forgotten about how they introduce him as this creep. This, this, like, and everyone else, like all the park rangers, they're kind of dicks, but he definitely comes off the worst because of how they first start with him. And then he does, he gradually becomes this hero before they just write him off for no reason whatsoever. It, it's not it's not a good a good framework for a character arc. It's like the an, the anti-character arc. You don't want your characters to be like Hendrix. But that said, we have to talk about Gunner uh, Leatherface. I will call him Leatherface for the rest of this podcast because that's yeah, what he was. I think one of the truly great moments of the film, not even from a facetious standpoint, is he picks up a chainsaw and says, I haven't held one of these in 20 years, which is an homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which happened 20 years ago. He was Leatherface, and that moment I was like, "That is such a nice." I don't, I don't know what "nice" isn't the right word for it, but you know what I mean. Like there was, there was a word for how satisfying that moment was, and then the fact that he proceeds to kill a bunch of mosquitoes with a chainsaw. He saws one's head off, which was so satisfying. But he, him, and his little robber gang. There's just such a lack of development. I did not understand who they were. They definitely
1: did not need to be bank robbers. That made zero sense because they're driving through this like state park or whatever like why why are they driving there if they're bank robbers? The villainy aspect of them just it didn't serve anything in the end. no um, you
0: you don't need villains when you're fighting giant radioactive mosquitoes.
1: yeah, I, I agree that the the chainsaw line is like if if there's any redeeming parts of this movie, like that's the one. I do think it is a little. A little sad that his like triumphant, like, I'm holding a chainsaw again after 20 years, like that moment is in the movie Mosquito. But you know, what are you, you know, Beggars can't be choosers, right? But he does also have one of my favorite like lines. And I consider just like every line of dialogue in this movie to be like a joke because that's how they all come across to me. <laughs> but he has the, the line where they crash the RV and they're all like shaken up by it. And he's sitting down on the road and uh, Junior, his brother, right? comes up and is like talking to him and i think earl says oh what about the loot that's right and junior says oh i left it on the truck and then earl says i don't care about the loot in five seconds he's just like completely changed his mind like you know what i don't care about the loot anymore all i care about is defeating these mosquitoes when up to that point all he had cared about was like getting away with the rv and the money At, right after that he's like a hero after
0: that <laughs> and then we get to see i mean there's a lot of good death scenes here and we'll, we'll talk about them but Definitely, I don't want to say definitely, but but one of the best death scenes I've seen in a movie is when Junior gets sucked to death, for lack of a better term, by this <laughs> mosquito. And what's great about these death scenes is there's a clear switch where they switch from the actor to this animatronic dying person that like eyes pop out, and it's it's really a great thing to see. I've I've never seen deaths like these before, and they. Again, it's one of those things like they want this to be gory. They didn't hold back. But what were some other good deaths? There was a lot of good deaths here, right?
1: Almost every single death was incredible. Junior's death, that was like the one scene where when I watched this as a kid, you know, anyone listening to this, if you watch the scene, you'll understand why it was burned in my mind because his eyes literally pop out of his head and then pop like little water balloons, of course, filled with various goops and oozing juices because the whole movie is basically just covered in slime. My other one of my other favorite deaths, again, yeah, it's hard to choose. Was also towards the beginning. They kind of fit in a lot of mosquito deaths, really, like quick together. That I'm like, when are the good guys going to realize what's going on? So we're just getting a lot of like build up. Oh, the mosquitoes killed this person. Then that person. Okay, we get the mosquitoes kill people. But the couple that was having sex in the tent, the fact that the mosquito stabbed the girl. To suck her blood in her right butt cheek. And of course, she got juices dripped on her first by the mosquito. The butt cheek thing's one thing, but the other reason that's my favorite death is because it has that trope that makes zero sense of the girl has her eyes closed and so she mistakes the mosquito, the giant monster mosquito, for like her boyfriend, like tickling her leg when it's the antenna. And I've never understood that in a horror movie. It's in a lot of them, right?
0: It's hard to compare death scenes, like like we've been saying, but that one is so. Again, satisfying, I think, is what I'm looking for, where it's like, this is exactly what I would expect this movie to do, and they do it well. I want to go back to the dialogue briefly, because you mentioned one of your favorite quotes, and I skipped over one of mine. Uh, once they had tied up Earl and Junior and put them in the RV, the main, I, he's not really the main character. I don't even know what he does, but he's he's the boyfriend of the park ranger he punches Junior and he goes, take a nap, pal. (laughs) Like, that is so excellent. I just want to start telling people to take a nap forcefully because it just, it it was such a good moment. And it was one of those things too where the camera angle was like first person getting punched and then they show his serious face. Take a nap, pal. So great. I have to shout out to my, there's actually, I have a favorite mosquito of this film too. And I wonder wonder if you recognize this part as well, but there was a scene where, one thing they never explain is why the mosquitoes are so intelligent. Like they cut power lines and cut phone lines. There's no reason they would do that. And we have no reason to know why they would do that. But the best one is when this mosquito dive bombs, the tire of the RV that they're fleeing in, because Mm -hmm. they show it like spiraling around, like attached to the tire and it's just spiraling down this hill dying. And I'm like, this mosquito had the composure to be like, I'm taking one for the hive. I'm going to take out this tire and sacrifice myself in the pro it was that mosquito was awesome. And they show so much of it spiraling as this car drives. It's so funny. It it is such a great moment that they, they really feed into it too, which is just, again, this movie, if it does nothing else, it feeds into everything it knows it's trying to do and they, they don't shy away from it.
1: Absolutely. And that's another thing that they kind of set up and then never really deliver on too much is the characters do talk about normally mosquitoes, you know, feed on blood to like nourish their eggs, right? These mosquitoes, they're out to kill humans, right? They're not just trying to feed, to nourish their eggs with nutrients from blood. And then it turns out that is all they were doing. Like they just had a a shit ton of eggs, like in the basement, like they needed a lot of blood. There was no like grand scheme because there, that'd be a good chance to like connect it to the aliens or something. Right, like now they're caught up in this extraterrestrial plot, but no, it was just nature, just bigger. You
0: know. Right. Speaking of of dead bodies and how they ate like literally everything, there's that scene where the main characters finally find their way back to the campground, and mm-hmm. all around them are these dead bodies that have been sucked dry. They're green or yellow for some reason. I don't know why, but and they decide, of course, because this is what they always decide in horror movies. Let's split up. Oh yeah, I, it drives me. I mean, it doesn't drive me nuts, but there's always that moment in the movie where I'm like, you would not split up. And this movie has that. But even better is they split up with no weapons. Like they send this main character and and his girlfriend, the park ranger, out on their own. They don't have a single weapon and they're in the middle of the battlefield. It's just the logic in this. There is no logic in this movie. So don't go to this movie looking for answers because you will not get them.
1: You'll get a lot of questions, but you'll get no answers. Um, Did you notice in seeing where all the dead bodies like they're realizing the mosquitoes have literally massacred everyone, which I remember I wrote it down here because I, I decided like, you know, I'm gonna watch the movie. And I'm gonna take some notes of like interesting things, just a few things. And then I didn't stop taking notes. Like every single scene, I was like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> but one of the things I wrote was that in the scene where they're realizing that everyone in the campground has been killed by these mosquitoes, there's an extra like moves, like a dead body who moves her leg like very noticeably and it's just like immediately like draws the eye away and that was when i wrote that down immediately i was like oh we got movement
0: now now i have to watch it again because i didn't notice that so i want to see that mostly i just want to watch the movie again and you just gave me an excuse to. so i i greatly appreciate that there
1: you go it honestly looks like like because she moves her leg to like cross it and it almost kind of looks like she had been told beforehand to cross her legs and then when they set up she like forgot and she like, remembered in that moment, like, oh shit, it was across my leg. So she just does it instead of just staying where she is like a dead body, which I can understand, you know, panicking in the human moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. That That's your moment to be a dead body and you done, you done fucked it up. Like that's, yeah. that's just, another thing that I found strange, I mean, not more so than everything else in this movie, I felt like everybody's reaction didn't match what was happening. Like it's very rare, it it's more like a people are dying, and it's more like a, oh man, more like more than like a oh this is genuinely terrifying. These mosquitoes are doing that. I wonder if you noticed that too. Like the, their reactions never felt appropriate for what was happening. Like I, I don't know what their direction was as actors. The only person who I think does well with it is Parks because he's he's yeah. very high octane. He I actually think he played his part very well despite you know all the obvious flaws of the movie he did well but everybody else just they didn't react to things the way that i would react the way that regular people would react to things
1: yeah i feel like parks definitely reacted as the scientists like trying to understand and like get to the bottom of it yeah like ray the boyfriend had the, his moments where he tried to get everyone to leave which i also thought made sense but then of course he like dropped it later and just like, I'll just go along with this, which doesn't seem to fit what any person would do, let alone his character, where he's like this like strong man type thing. Although they call him pretty boy, constantly in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And they call Junior ugly. I always thought that was, but yeah, no, just like, and that's the thing, like with these horror movies, monster movies, I feel like you don't always see like death on the scale that we saw in this movie. Like when I wrote down like campfire massacre, like there were so many dead people where you'd think it would, like, take you to, like, another level of, this isn't, like, one, like, rogue monster going off, picking people off. This is a one-sided war that we're losing. Like, get the hell out of there.
0: What haven't I brought up yet that you want to talk about?
1: I already talked about the aliens not coming back. That, I think, almost warrants more discussion, because it's, like, (laughs) completely crazy. What is that called? Like, dramatic irony, right, is when, like, we know something the characters don't, right? Like, this movie is, like, almost taking it to like the next level artistically, where it's like they introduced the aliens in the beginning. We're the only ones who know the viewer. And then the characters go through the whole movie thinking it's radiation from a meteor. That's fine. They could have made it that in the first place, but they didn't, they made it the alien, right? So the whole thing is almost just an inside like joke for the viewer to be like, they went this whole movie thinking it was a meteor. It might as well have been a meteor, but only we know that there's a dead alien in the swamp (laughs) Just like sitting there in a crashed spaceship. And I I just found something so like, it's so unsatisfying. And it's that fact that it's so unsatisfying that makes it beautiful, in my opinion.
0: (laughs) I'm glad we did bring this back up again because they never take care of that alien problem. So after this movie ends, another mosquito could just go start this all over again because they never address if that alien Is still there or not right am i missing something right like
1: does the alien did it send out a distress signal are there other aliens coming this could lead easily into an alien invasion because they think it's radiation from a meteor right so they're like oh there's probably like giant frogs and giant fish and like other monstrous things that we just haven't noticed yet and it's like but there there aren't right like there's it's just the mosquitoes that suck their blood but what if something else went to like Feed on the aliens that body, then you could have some other problem. What if a fox came to like nibble on the body and then you got a giant fox running around?
0: <laughs> what else? What other what other notes do you have? Because I, I had two pages of notes too. I have gotten through them because most of them just involved Leatherface being in this movie. But go ahead. If you have anything else you wanted to
1: Okay. Here's a moment that I love. So in the RV, when Earl and Junior, the bank robbers, are still doing villainous things, trying to like Healed the RV. Earl um, had grabbed Megan and was like holding her hostage, right, with the axe. And then she breaks free and she kicks him in the nuts, right? In his face. Like he goes into like a catatonic state. He's like in a trance. And then he just slowly like falls to his knees. And it's just like, that's not how a person reacts when you get kicked in the nuts. So you flipped a switch or something.
0: And that titan yeah and that tied into the whole reactions not matching what was happening that's mm-hmm. like the poster child of this is not how a human being reacts to that it was almost it's interesting that you saw it as like him going into a can of time because i saw it as like indifference it's like he got hit and he was like meh but then he cl- he collapses mm-hmm. i don't know it's it, i'm yeah i'm glad you brought that scene up because that is one of those scenes that when you see it in your head you're like what the hell is going on here
1: oh Here's a thought I had that I thought was really funny. Megan always wants to like take dead things with them. Like it made sense in the beginning when they hit the, her and Ray hit the mosquito, right? And she's like, oh, I wanna take it back to the college where I have lab access and study it. That made sense to me. And then they find, later they find the dead fisherman in the boat and she's like, well, let's take them with us. And it's like, what are you crazy? Like, why are you gonna take him out of the boat? Like you don't move a dead body, right? When you find it. <laughs> And she wants to, like, just take him along for the ride. It's like, sure, she didn't know exactly what was going on, but it's like, clearly these are suspicious circumstances. You should
0: probably leave him there, you know? I did like the idea because Ray was like, I'm not riding the back seat with him. That would have been a great scene if Ray's in the back with this dead body that's been sucked driving mosquitoes. Like that, but then, you, then it becomes a comedy. You can't do that. But in my head, I was like, now this would be amazing if they're in this open-top Jeep. The three main characters in this dead guy. <laughs> that would have been fantastic.
1: Could have could have weekended Bernie's it, right? Yeah. Like, what absolutely it's what the became like they actually get out and it's like, oh, now he needs to be alive for whatever reason. <laughs> walking around. Just they could have gone that way.
0: My question is, do you think Megan still stayed a park ranger at this park after this was over?
1: She never got her orientation. She never got like her first day, like little, little booklet or pamphlet or anything, binder full of information. So I don't know if
0: she'd be able to. So what are you writing these days? What are you working on? Do you have anything to promote, anything to to tell us about?
1: All right. Yeah, let's see. So I'm working on a few things. I have just started writing some short web articles for Discover Magazine. So those are pure like scientific fact in them, but I like to think they're fun to read. They're short explainers of like interesting topics. So I just had one published about honey and how it never expires. Um, And I'm working on another one now that I won't spoil what it's about right now. So I'm doing that. And then I also just moved to Chicago and I'm working on some, some comedy. I do comedy writing and people can check out all my comedy writings on my website. And I just started doing some stand up around the city. So if folks want to learn more about that, they can also hit me up on social media.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And we'll include links in the show notes to your website so people can check out your writing and to your social media as well. So they can they can come see what you're all about. So anything anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap up?
1: Watch the movie Mosquito. You won't regret it. It'll bring back all kinds of childhood memories in one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: All right. That's
1: all I have to say about that.
0: That's all that has to be said. So this has been another episode of the Awesome Awful Podcast presented by The Daily Drunk. uh, And we will catch you next time.